Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. This is Lauren Engel. Today I'm here with Spencer Sutherland. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so you're born in Pickerton, is that how you say it? Um, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm from Pickerton, Ohio. It's like uh, 30 minutes from Columbus, which is the capital of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Just a little suburban town. And are your parents originally from there as well? Yes. Every My family has like been there forever. Oh, I think wow. I'm like the only one to leave. No way. Um, yeah. <laughs> What do your parents do? My mom is a substitute caller for our local school district, which means she like, like when teachers call, they can't make it, she calls subs. Mm-hmm. So she works from home. And then um, my dad is in like phone service sales. So super like Midwest jobs. <laughs> but he was playing in a band when you were growing up, right? Yes, he was in a band. It was called um, Crush Hour. And they played at like bars and grills and stuff. Um, what, what did it sound like? It was like, it was like Nirvana, like Green Day mm. vibes. It was like grunge rock because it was the '90s. Yeah, early was, '90s. Was it like their original songs or was it covers? They had a couple originals, but they mostly did covers because they played at a bunch of like restaurants and stuff. You know where they had like mm-hmm. people needed to know the songs. Did your dad want it to be his like main career, like music, early on, or was it always just a hobby for him? Um, I think it was more of a hobby, but he did love it, and I think that. You know, it's the best of both worlds because he gets to, like, have family and stuff. And then oh, he also yeah. gets to, like, come to all of my shows. And, and uh, yeah, the fans know him now, too, so they'll, like, take pictures with him and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure he likes it. <laughs> what kind of music did they play in the house when you were growing up? Um, when I was growing up, they played a bunch of, like, El- Elvis. Elvis was the biggest. Uh, everything. Marvin Gaye, Green Day. Um... It was cool because like I was able to like get such a love for all kinds of music because they played literally everything. And wait, what does your dad do an instrument or what is? Uh, he sings. Oh, so did he teach you singing at a young age then? Um, not really. I think he just like played a bunch of music and then I I just always sang. I just always knew that's what I wanted to do. Damn, that's so crazy how early it clicked to you. Yeah, it was pretty wild. It was it was. You know, like, how everybody has, like, that one passion? <laughs> um, everybody has, like, one passion, and, like, you just kind of know it, even if even if you're two years old, and I think that was mine. Mm-hmm. I just love music, I love singing. Do you know anyone else around you who are, like, doing music? No. <laughs> well, I so think... you had just this confidence in you that one day you're going to be able to do music as your career, or you didn't know how big it would be, or... I didn't really know. I just knew that I wanted to be a singer. Even in high school and stuff, like, I just didn't want to have a normal job, so I'd go play at restaurants. And those you were you were figuring out yourself that you were, like, calling up the restaurants, like... Yeah. <laughs> I remember this one, like, I had, like... Because uh, this is before iPhones. This is, like, 2010, I think. I know there are iPhones, but I didn't have one. Oh, yeah, this was pretty early on. So, like... I, I had the, I had like the yellow pages. I had like a phone book <laughs> and I was like calling all these restaurants, like a hundred restaurants a day. And some people would like be like, mm, no, we don't do that and hang up. Or some people would be mean. And then some people would be like, all right, cool. How about, how's $40? 
for, for four hours of singing. <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot. But um, what I thought was really yeah. cool is like whoever came in the door, you'd decide on what cover to do, like Justin Bieber or Elvis, depending yeah. on their age. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was um, I don't know, I guess you just got better tips that way. <laughs> but it taught me a lot, like even when I open for different artists, um, sometimes depending on what song I'm covering, it changes. Um, Kind of like a DJ or something, selecting for the crowd. <laughs> I should be a DJ. <laughs> yeah, you're probably a really good DJ. <laughs> How do you describe your personality back then growing up? Um, I always, and I still feel this way, I, I think that like I always just like to have a good time mm -hmm. and not take anything too serious. And I think I still, I literally still live that way because obviously I didn't think it was life was serious enough to give up music and go to college mm. like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> did you like school growing up? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I didn't necessarily like school, but I liked, I liked hanging with friends um, and like being around a bunch of people. I love that. I think it's fun. Were there any specific subjects that uh, you were more into? Um, I love history. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think history is cool because I don't know. Like, I think it's really interesting how people lived even 50 years ago or like 500 years ago. Yeah. But I just like reading stories and stuff and that's literally all history is and I just, I hate math so much. <laughs> like, I still suck at math. I still tip either way too much or not enough. <laughs> not on purpose. At what age did it occur to you to start a YouTube channel? Um, oh, I started watching, like, I started watching a bunch of people's covers. I remember that. And... I like really wanted to, I actually for a minute wanted to do that for my career. Like, you like know. a YouTube cover artist? Or? Yeah, and I, I did do that for a little bit, but um, I just thought it was so like cool that people could put their own spins on songs. I remember seeing this video, I forget who it was, but he was singing that Mike Posner song, yeah. Cooler Than Me. And I just thought it was so cool and that inspired me to like start covering like top 40 songs and trying to make them my own. How old were you at this point? I was 17 when I posted my first video. Mm -hmm. And so they did classmates all see it and were they sharing it? Yeah, they did. <laughs> they thought it was cool. Um, yeah, I actually did one in my theater department. Oh wow. Like uh, a dressing room. I did a cover in there. Actually, you were you were doing a lot of, are you doing a lot of theater? Because you're into acting, right? Yes. Uh, I was doing theater and choir. And I was actually also playing sports too. So I was kind of like, I would jock get, and also <laughs> for real like <laughs> I would get kid. to school like 7 a.m. and then I wouldn't be leaving till like 7 p.m. because oh, I would wow. have like theater then basketball yeah it was wild <laughs> how long after when you started your YouTube channel when you got that text from was it psycho and the people working there I mean it was like four years probably oh and you were churning out videos like for the four years or? yeah yeah sometimes like every week sometimes every month just depends but I was also working at a bunch of different places in Ohio oh okay. like what um, I worked at um, Abercrombie, mm -hmm. um, I worked at a retirement home, I worked at a restaurant, I worked at a baseball field, I worked <laughs> at like all these different places and I got fired all the time because I would have to like, I would not show up to work because I would get, you know, a chance to come to LA and sing for somebody so I would be like, hey guys, I have to go to LA and they'd be like, well if you come back you're going to be fired and I was like, sorry, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And were your parents supportive from the onset of you like not going to college, just just like focusing all on music? 
Yeah, they've always been supportive. Um, there were times where like, they were like, hey, are you good? Like, we wanna just make sure you know like what you're getting yourself into. Um, Cause they're, you know, they're from Ohio and they basically like, don't know that life. So they, yeah. they were, you know, they were like cautious, but always supportive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've always been into the idea. Just cause they're like, they want their kids to do what they love. How, how did you make your first connections? Like, cause in, in Ohio, you didn't really have like actual music industry connections, right? Exactly. Basically, there's, uh, I got in touch with someone over YouTube. I would just like message rent like a bunch of people and someone responded and gave me an opportunity to play a show in Ohio for like 10,000 people. Whoa, that's huge. It was really wild. Going from playing like Greek restaurants to 10,000 people. Yeah, and the, and the restaurants were like, you know, 10 people. So <laughs> it was only one song. They didn't, they didn't announce my name or anything. They just um, let me sing one song and it was crazy. And from that moment on, I was like, yeah, I don't ever want to go to college or anything. So do you have like extra performance practice for the 10,000? I mean, that's such a big gap. Yes, I was practicing a lot. Mm -hmm. I was like working, I think I was working at Abercrombie and Fitch at the time. And then I would work and come home and practice for like four or five hours and then go to bed and do the same thing over for like a week straight. Wow. But it was really cool. Um, and then did people find you from the festival or what was the next? Yeah, a couple, like I, I, I got my like first like 20 fans. And then I started playing shows in Ohio for like 20 people. Like I just started going around and playing these tiny shows everywhere. But I didn't care, like, I remember there was one show there was three people at. Um, but I didn't really care, like, I just thought it was cool that, you know, there were people that I could go sing for, that liked me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did that for a few years, and then I was lucky enough to start putting out some, like, really real music to me. Like originals? Original music, mm -hmm. yeah. What was the decision that you wanted to just do originals from now on, uh, Well, I put a couple, like, like pop originals out. And they didn't really connect with people. This is maybe like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I really like took six months away from performing and went and wrote like a hundred songs. I really wanted to find out who I was as a person and an artist. And then I came back and then last summer I started releasing songs and people started responding to them. Um, oh, so this is the After X Factor, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, X Factor's in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I did X Factor and it was great because it taught me who I am as a person because they would tell me like hey pick a song that describes you uh, as a person and an artist and I had trouble doing that so I was like maybe I don't know so it taught me like how to dig deep and figure that out and then I took some time out music wrote songs released some music people started connecting it was really dope so how did you meet your manager I love how you like shout her out in pretty much all your interviews <laughs> yeah well she took a chance on me super early and put me on that big show and it's really cool and she's still my manager and Wait, met, so how did you actually connect with her? Oh, I messaged this band that she used to help out. They were like gaining some traction in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, these people are famous. Like, I'm gonna message them, see if they wanna do a video together. And she responded and she saw some videos and was like, hey, your stuff's really cool. Um, would you like to play the show? <laughs> you had like, to like, what? did you have to audition for her or something? Yeah, I did. I, I was, I had to like sing some songs and I sang like 30 different songs. It was crazy. Um, all these different songs. She's like, how, how the hell do you know all these songs? <laughs> I was like, well, I, 
you know, Wednesday night I play at the Greek Star. Thursday night I play at Pizzeria Uno. Friday night I play at La Fagata. <laughs> Saturday I play at Wings Ago. Those are all legit places yeah. I play. Um, How did you realize it was the right fit? Like super early on, because I feel like when you're younger or something, your parents are like more cautious about who you meet in the music industry. Totally. I mean, there are a couple of people before her that were like a little bit shady. Just like, you know, the usual people that you get um, sometimes. And it was just a gut feeling, honestly, about those people. Like, they would almost like give me deals where they would try to take a lot of money. And oh, it was just, yeah. I was like, I don't make any money anyway, so what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just a good fit and someone who like really cared about me and still does. Mm -hmm. I love, so she was with you in the transition between like doing all the covers and your original music. Because yeah. when she found you, were you just doing covers? Like, did you show her some of the lyrics that you're writing? I did. My first few songs that I wrote were not very good, but um, she didn't manage me for the first couple of years I knew her, actually. She oh, just like, okay. she was someone who just like kind of helped me the out. Mentor. I, literally, I talked to you maybe once a month. And then, uh, and then I asked her to manage me uh, about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And she's like, 100%. Yeah. I already do it anyway. <laughs> and do you think that a lot of the uh, fans that you found from the TV show crossed over into listening to original music? Or do you think you were kind of starting from scratch in the US? I would say probably more starting from scratch. There, there's definitely a few fans that have stuck with me from the show. But I think like even from, you know, it's crazy because this... I was looking at my photos. This week was the first time I went and auditioned two years ago. That's great. Oh my God, wait, that's so fun. Yeah. I'm like getting goosebumps. The exact, like, <laughs> like last night was the day that I took the flight. What? Um, yeah, you know, it's weird because I was a different person back then. Um, I was a, di a whole different person, a whole different artist. So it's like interesting to see people that no, don't necessarily fall off, but like, you know, aren't aren't as fanatical as they were when I was on the show. Mm -hmm. But that's what happens on the show sometimes. You know, you get like a lot of hype and then it kind of dies down. But I I knew that going in, and I just you know wanted that's it smart. for the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you pretty much found your sound so easily after like you wrote those hundred songs. I feel like you already have your like style of music, which some people take years to figure out totally yeah totally that honestly that was from doing like 150 songs and yeah. just like finding the stuff that stuck and the kind of like production I liked and the just being real with myself was the ultimate key mm -hmm. that was literally the ultimate key just like don't be scared to talk about stuff you know mm -hmm. certain stuff that people don't usually talk about and how do you think your music got there and got out there initially um, to like the US fan base? Well, I, to I started touring a lot last fall. I've been on four tours. In oh like yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. How did those um, openings come about? I, I just honestly like reached out to, I went on tour with this band In Real Life, who's a boy band. Yeah. And I went on tour with Jack and Jack. And uh, I went on my own four show headline tour in February, and I'm about to go on my first ever headline tour. Nice. Um, but I, I reached out to the bands and the artists. Oh, wow. And literally just like DM'd them on Instagram. What? And my best, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. My best friend who writes all the music with me, Sam Fisher, I also reached out to him on Instagram because I thought his stuff was so cool. Oh. And that's how I like connect with people the most is mm -hmm. I literally 
hit them on Instagram. <laughs> when did you sign with BMG? Signed with BMG in November. Oh, so you're already putting out stuff before that and touring? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So I went on my first tour and then I came back and I literally signed with them like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. How do you realize it was the right fit? Um, we had met with like pretty much every label at that point. Yeah. And it was just like so lame how some people acted. Um, some people were just like super industry LA yeah. people. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I just want to make music and put out music and tour. That's, that's it. I don't care about like the bougie stuff. Like, I don't care about any of that. And some people just like you could feel just wasn't the right fit or they, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can always just, it's really like, I've, I'm, I really think there's such thing as a gut feeling. Yeah. You know? So true. And BMG just felt right from the first meeting. It was like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be with them. Can you talk about your inspiration be- behind None of This Is About You? My inspiration behind the, in- the entire EP? Yeah. Well, because it's also a song. Yeah. Um, the inspiration behind the EP is honestly just like, it's the first, obviously it's the first piece of work that I put out, but it's the first time that I've been super real. Um with the messages and on the EP there's stuff that's like more funny and stuff that's like more like um, internal about myself and there's stuff that's like a little more heartfelt and like real and fragile and uh, and I just think it's like the whole the whole vibe of it is is a hundred percent me and it's like a snapshot in time of like where my head was at what, what I was going through in the last year and uh, I think that's the biggest way that you can connect to fans, is is telling your story and hoping that people can connect to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love, um, well, the main song, the choir. Like, how did you come up with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like all you, like 40 of you. <laughs> well, I love, I love, like, choirs and gospel music. Same, it sounds so good. It's so yeah. sick, and I love, like, putting it almost in songs that, like, don't belong, you know? Um, especially, like, there's a song, Wallpaper, that... Um, it's on the EP that the choir definitely doesn't belong in there because it's like, but I think it like works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, that choir is actually me and my friend Sam just singing literally like 40 to 50 times, like over and over and over and over. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And what are your inspirations for your music videos? I feel like there's always like a storyline and like kind of a funny twist to them. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a huge fan of like. It's really cool because being with the label that I am, BMG, they let me like, you know, con- like concept the entire it's video. So awesome. and it's so great, and it's like I love to do it, and I and I think I'm you know sort of good at it. So it's like cool that I can do that and not be told what to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the videos. I'm a huge fan of like of movies and like. Yeah, I was cinema. gonna ask you like, what are your favorite films or directors? Uh, my two favorites are Wes Anderson and Oh, Quentin actually, that, I was waiting for you to say Wes Anderson. I just felt it in your videos, yeah. yeah. Him and Quentin Tarantino are like, the, I just think the stuff is just crazy. I could literally put the movie on mute and just watch it, you know? Yeah. It's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big fan of that, and I like to implement some of that in. And uh, obviously, like, the comedy. I, I just think it's cool to have a music video with comedy in it. How do you say your music has changed compared to the early songs you wrote? Um, I think my music's changed just because I'm like, 
being authentic mm-hmm. instead of just writing a pop song that yeah you were like turning into you said you were turning into a robot right like writing all yeah. these pop songs <laughs> yeah it was just like i don't know it was like I, I heard a song on the radio and then i tried to write a song like that mm-hmm. and then i put a couple of those out and i realized that like you know people weren't really connecting to them because they had heard it already and as a new artist like, you know, there's a Charlie Puth. You don't need four of them. There's yeah. a Justin Bieber. You don't need six of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need another one. So, um, you know, business-wise, that's where my head was at. But then I was like, wait, I really, like, love making music. And I really love connecting to people. And the first real one that I made, when I, like, connected with someone, I was like, yo, this is so special. Yeah. This is something crazy, yeah. How- so crazy. How do you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? Well, I think, like, I've grown because, like, I, you know, I've been through more life now. Like, I've gone through a lot more things. Um, But I've also gone through a few not great things. And I think those, like, the bad things are what, like, stretches you and grows you the most. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, I, I just think my parents raised me super well. I and, love that. Uh, and I think I have, like, you know, these morals that I'll never lose. Like, I, I, lo- I just think you should be kind to everyone and love everyone. And it's just the biggest thing my mom always says, just like, it's fine. Just relax. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. And I think it's a cool, like, funny thing to say. Nothing matters because everybody dies. Yeah, that's what I think about all the time. Like, it's I'm just like, going to die anyway. Like, just stop like, beating myself up about it. That's what I'm saying. And it's, like, crazy. It's, like, scary, but yeah. it's also very, like, comforting. Mm-hmm. It's very comforting to know. It's just, like, hey, nothing matters. Just have a good time. Do what you love. Like, you obviously have to, like, work and make money and do this and do that to, to enjoy life. But just relax. It's not that serious. Nobody's making it out alive. <laughs> that actually leads into my next two questions. What would you say have been the biggest challenges in your life so far? Uh, Biggest challenges in my life so far? The biggest one for sure is um, finding out who I am. Mm -hmm. Definitely that. Uh, That took like five years (laughs) to legit do. Um, Finding out who I am as a person and an artist. I also used to be super overweight. Really? Yeah, I used to be like almost 100 pounds heavier than I am now. No, wait. Wait, how old were you like during this time? Uh, I lost the weight when I was like 17. Wow. Yeah, but I think it was like hard. It was hard being overweight, but it was it wasn't that hard to lose it, which is crazy. Yeah, because you think were it was doing I was so many so sports. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was doing sports. I was young, and like I wasn't really focused on it at first, and I just started losing weight. But mm-hmm. then I had to like work at it. <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> uh, I just want to be remembered for. Being kind, connecting to people, making people happy. I just mm-hmm. really, really, really love to make people happy. I think that's why I love to perform live so much, is because I love to see like the pure joy in people's faces. Last question, what does love mean to you? I think love means not being selfish and having the feeling that you do any, anything for someone, mm. whether that's like someone that you're, is your partner or your family or your friends. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, it's, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of lost for words on what love is because I think it's like, you can't really describe it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like just this feeling. Yeah. And this special thing that you share with people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love this. It's so fun. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. See you later.
and that's kind of how that works. Now, normally we used to write as, you know, when we were four people, there'd be four people in a room. But like I said, Josh is there. Uh, since he's been like in LA, since we moved over here, I think just hanging around, hanging around with a whole bunch of people on Disciple, it's like they almost treat music production like a game. It's, it's, it's like, you know, like, let me see your new IDs. Like, you know, and people go, go home and whip up two or three new ones. It's, um, it's just like the, the speed at which people are making like really sick playable music has just gone tenfold in the last few years. So now that Josh is kind of like on that, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, if you, if you blink, you might miss a tune. Mm -hmm. um, I know we made a drum and bass one last night. I saw him tweet about it. So, <laughs> you know, but that's, mm -hmm. that's the nature of it. When, when inspira inspiration is, is, is kind of striking, you've got to go with it. What does success mean to Modestep? Ooh, that's a very difficult question. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain we can consider ourselves successful. The amount of stuff we've come, kind of come through. Mm -hmm. um, and we're still an act, you know. It's been almost 10 years for, for Josh um, and six for me. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd say, I'd say what is success? Will you ever know if you're killing it at the time? Probably, probably not. You'll probably look back after six months or a year and be like, holy fuck, man, that summer festival season killed it. But, yeah. you know, you won't know until you're on your headlining dates playing to, you know, an, an eighth of that many people. You won't know until, you know, you feel it. You know, there's certain sobering things in, in, in the music industry that will kind of make you feel like unsuccessful and there's ones that will make you feel like you're a king, so. Mm -hmm. You just gotta take the rough with this move. Yeah, we have. I'd say we're successful. Yeah. Right? And, and like stupidly lucky to be able to do it. Dubstep took a dip, and like our own country, where where it's from, wouldn't play it on the radio. You know, it, it was getting no love. So, for for Josh to have kind of kept playing dubstep, even in all of that climate, mm. you know, he, you know, when you could have been playing house and other things. You know, and I'm not naming names, I'm not chatting shit, I'm just saying, like, there's a certain amount to be said for acts that don't, you know, stray too far from the path of the cause. So, like, I always say the same band comes back to them every time, but Iron Maiden have done the same record for, like, 35 years. It's always the same branding, it's the same type of tunes, it's, it's like, that's why they're, they're still relevant and they're still big today and still selling sh shows out, because you know, they've given their fan base exactly what they want. So once you have a fan base, which most of have, it's really important to not alienate them or push them away and give them stuff that they, they don't want or, or, or are interested in. You know, yeah. you, you know, but at the same time as playing to like the people that make you a band, you got to keep yourself happy and mm -hmm. fulfilled. So it's, it's a balance. Yeah, it's a I love balance. this. Yeah, thank you so much. No worries, no worries. <laughs> Bye.